Yesterday we learned or tried in Ais Yud Aleph, we discussed the levels of Echad and Yachid. Yachid means only Hashem exists. Nothing else exists. That's like we described the Etzem HaRatzayin, the essential Ratzayin of Hashem on the level of Chukim where there isn't even the Reusa Deliba, which exists by Eidos, that feeling of someone else, there's only Hashem. Only Hashem, nothing else. That's the highest level of godliness. You have the moment from yesterday, right? Because you're looking with someone for now. The essential godliness of Yachid, just Hashem. Then there's the godliness on the level of Echad. Echad is that there is something else. I'm here, you're here, the world exists. But even though the world exists, there's still the recognition that without Hashem giving it existence, it would cease to exist. So there's an appreciation that Hashem is everything. Everything comes from Hashem, and without Hashem, nothing can continue to exist. That's Echad. Yachid is much higher than Echad, right? Yachid is just Hashem. Echad is, there's something else, but that appreciates that without Hashem, it would cease. Seemingly, when we want to make the quintessential statement of Judaism, Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleikeinu, it would be more appropriate to say Hashem Yachid than Hashem Echad. Why do we say Hashem Echad? So Chassidus answers this question by teaching us that there's an advantage in Echad over Yachid. What's the advantage in Echad over Yachid? To recognize Hashem's unity even from within the world. That means that even though I'm here and I exist, to appreciate the unity of Hashem is an advantage that Echad has over Yachid. And not just to appreciate it from Havaya Echad, but even from the level of Aleikim, from the Tzimtzum and the concealment that Hashem conceals himself, and still to appreciate the complete unity of Hashem. That's a very deep appreciation of Hashem's oneness, which is expressed with Echad more so than with Yachid. Here, though, we're not stopping at the advantage that Echad has over Yachid, 
because in the advantage that Echad has over Yachid, Yachid is still far greater than Echad. Yachid means there's only Hashem. And Echad means there's me too. So Yachid is still far greater than Echad. Here in the Maimer, we're going a step further, and I'm going to read the words at the end of chapter 11. Ois Yud Aleph in the Maimer, inside again. I'll start from the words Lachain Nemer Havaya Echad. It's the middle of the sentence, the middle of the paragraph. Lachain Nemer Havaya Echad. Therefore, it says Hashem is one. Shagam Haches Vadalid. That even the Ches and the Dalid. Shaheim Zayin Rekim Vaaretz. Vidalid Ruchis Ha'ilam. That they are the seven heavens and the earth and the four directions of the world. Heim Betelim Aleph which is Yichudish Aleilam. Their battle to the Aleph, which is Hashem, who is Yichudish Aleilam, who is the only one that exists. Now on a simple level, why are they battle? Why are they negated to Hashem? They're negated to Hashem because Hashem's existence is Higher than the world, and the uh, and that existence is what gives life and energy to the world at every single moment. But if, over here again in the Maima, we're saying something more. Since Havaya and the Lekim are all one. The concealment of Elikim is not a true concealment. And therefore, the world itself that is being brought into existence from the name Elikim is truly battle and nothing else exists. Until it reaches this level of bittel in the level of yachid, which is higher than echad. In other words, the Maim over here is saying, we're not going to stop at the advantage that echad has over yachid. But within the Echad, we're going to reach the Yachid. Inside of the Echad, we're going to come to appreciate the Yachid. There, 
most advantages, most levels that we appreciate, that we can recognize in the world, are achieved through contrast to something else. <coughs> Let's say, for example, you have someone who achieves fatherhood. He's achieving this level of fatherhood through having a child. So the child gives him this appreciation of fatherhood, right? Let's say, for example, the, the, the truth is that with anything, think of an advantage. Any type of advantage. You want to describe something nice about someone. Tell me something nice. Tell me something positive. He is? Funny. Funny. What makes him funny? <laughs> he makes other people laugh. Right? That means it's the interaction with a Zulas, with something outside of him. Tell me something else. He is? Happy. Happy. Now, how do you rate happy? What, 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 what gives this feeling of happy? What makes something happy? So first of all, what makes something happy is that a person is satisfied. He's appreciating that which is around him. So that means he's happy because of his surroundings. Also, anything that you're going to rate, whether it's happy, whether it's smart, whether it's uh, beautiful, you're going to rate that, you're going to assess that in contrast to other things. That means you're going to see this is depressed and therefore this is happy. If you're going to take the, if, if you're going to make a shift and lift up the assessment value system, then everything is going to change. So the concept of happiness is all playing off of its surroundings. A father is a father because he has a child. A child is a child because he has a father. There's even an assessment which is built off of the shlila, the negating of something around me. This child is an only child. Why is a child an only child? Because he has no other siblings. That means that you're using the lack of siblings, so the theoretical invisible siblings, which don't exist, to make him into an only child, right? So every single value that you're appreciating, you're appreciating it based on an assessment or a contrast to something outside of it, right? By Hashem... That's not the case. Hashem's value is an intrinsic value. 
Hashem loves because Hashem is loving even without something else. Hashem is kind and giving even without something or someone else to be kind or give to. Hashem is a king because intrinsically that is the etzim, that is the essence of Hashem. And the same is true also with Hashem being one. Hashem's oneness is something which is intrinsic, it's built in. And therefore, even where you're looking at Hashem as one, and anything else inside of the world, it being one, requires a zulas, it requires something outside of it, in order to be one. And without something outside of it, it can't be one. With Hashem's oneness, Hashem's oneness is intrinsic from within Him, it's essential, Hashem has an essential oneness which is higher than playing off something else. And that intrinsic oneness you're able to appreciate only when the world exists. Because even inside of the world, which is multiplicity, Hashem is still one. It wouldn't be as impressive if there wasn't a world, absolutely. So what we have now then is three levels. There's the lower level of Echad, which is the Echad that we recognize. That's a one where, yes, Sheni, there's something else, and Hashem is one. And that oneness is brought about through the fact that Hashem gives existence to the world at every single moment. So even though the world exists, since that existence is coming from Hashem, therefore Hashem is one within the world. And the world doesn't detract from Hashem's oneness, but that's a lower level. There's a higher level, which is Hashem Yachid, the singularness of Hashem, where Hashem exists and nothing else can exist. There is no possibility for anything else because of Hashem's unity. But then there's the Yachid as it descends into the Echad, which brings out a level which is higher than the Yachid, the essential unity of God that is not detracted from even when it comes into a situation where something else exists. This is a very deep level and I don't know if I'm communicating it properly. I don't know if I'm understanding it properly even. But I hope that at least a little bit of it is coming across. That's the idea that the Mimer is discussing over here, that's the idea that the Mimer is bringing across. I'm just going to read the last words inside and then I'm going to take your question. Through the yichud of both of these ideas. Yichud 
that the oneness of Hashem is in a way of Yachid, that means singular, that there is not really the, the necessity of anything else to bring across that unity. But that this idea is being communicated even from the world, that means that we're revealing a much higher level, the essential, an essential level of godliness, which is even higher than chukim in the terminology which we were using until now in the Mimer, and which we're going to come back to later in the Mimer, which is even higher than the level of chukim. It's the gilu koyach which is able to bring together and combine the levels of echad and yachid. And that echad and yachid are one, and when echad and yachid are one, then you have a level which is higher than the lower level of echad and higher than the higher level of yachid, which is the level of the complete essence of Hashem, where you could have a world, and it doesn't detract at all from his complete and intrinsic unity. The existence of something outside of him does not detract from him. I'm not sure what more I can say over here without just making it worse. <laughs> we, have to, we, have to, we have to mull it over. Yes, I have to mull it over. It's... Uh... This is what we mull over every time we say Shmai Yisrael Shamalakeinu Hashem Echad. I saw an amazing idea that it brings down over here from elsewhere in Chassidus. That there's two levels. There's Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu. There's Havaya, the way that it relates to the Yidin. And there's Havaya Echad. Now seemingly Hashem Alekeinu is a higher level and Hashem Echad is a lower level. But it says the opposite. Hashem Elikeinu is Hashem the way he's our God. Now he's our God. Over there it depends on us. There's the Reusa, the Liba, there's the us that's making Hashem into our God because Hashem has given us free choice to make him our God or not. And over there it's dependent upon us, so to speak. So therefore it's a lower level of Hashem's unity. But then there's the Hashem Echad, the way that Hashem is intrinsically one, even within the world, because Hashem is one no matter what. It doesn't matter if there's a world, there's something else that exists, it doesn't even matter if that world is contradicting him. He's still one. Because his oneness is greater than the world and all the contradictions that exist inside of the world. And that's the ultimate level of Hashem's unity. Where Hashem's unity is everywhere no matter what. You have a question? Um, so, how is this a proof that, uh, how is this explanation that Echad is used, is better? To, why can't you say like Hashem Yachid Vechad or Echad Vechid or something like that? It's really that because you need, you need to blend the both. And how does how does the Pasuk imply that Yachid is inside in the Pasuk? Like, how does that, yeah? The, the answer is that when we want to proclaim Hashem's unity, we're obviously going to proclaim it in the greatest way possible. So one way of saying that we're proclaiming it in the greatest way possible is that there's an advantage to the Echad that the Yachid doesn't have. 
And therefore, we're proclaiming it from the perspective of Echad because we want to bring across that advantage. But of course, there's still an advantage to Yachad that Echad doesn't have. But that's not really the best way possible. That's just accepting one advantage over another advantage, like we spoke yesterday, how in our world, in our reality, every advantage has a disadvantage on the, other, on the flip side. If you just flip it over, the advantage has a disadvantage. We want that the statement of Hashem Aleikeinu Hashem Echad, that we say in Shema, should be bringing across every advantage and without any disadvantages. And that's possible when you recognize how the Yachid enters into the Echad. And the Echad is not really detracting from the Yachid. On the contrary, the Yachid is in fact um, channeling, the, the, the Echad is channeling the Yachid down here into the Echad, into the world. That even here in the world, it's still intri- Hashem is still intrinsically one. And then, in that intrinsic oneness of Hashem, you have the only way that Yachid can possibly descend into Echad is because there's something higher than the Yachid and the Echad, which is combining both of them together. Can you see the last part again? Oh, is that, oh I see. Something is descending higher than, than... There has to be something higher than the Yachid, which allows it to come down into the Echad without detracting from it, on the contrary, with uh, bringing out that higher level. And that's what happens when the Yachid descends into the Echad, is that reflection of that higher level, which if you said Yachid, you would not have. And when we say, like, the Koyach of Atzmais, that's kind of referring to what you were just talking about, which is this idea that Hashem has the ability to, like, sustain this, like, ultimate paradox of being able to both be ultimately one and also, like, multiplicity at the same time, but existing within one space. Correct. Okay, let's continue for now. Ta'isyud Beis. So Ta'isyud Beis is going to analyze the three levels that we just discussed. Okay? V'yash la'isif, we could add. The shame Havaya, the name Havaya, which is what we say in Shema. We say Shema Yisrael. Havaya Aleikeinu, Havaya Echad. Meira, it indicates Al Gimel Ha'inyanim. It indicates in all three of these ideas, in the word Havaya itself, Yud Kei Vav Kei, is brought across all three of these ideas. There is one, Echad, two, Yachid, and three, Kayach Ha'atzmus Shemechabram. There's all three of these levels. How do you see all three of these levels in the name Havaya itself? The Bahavaya Yesh Gimel in Yanim. In Havaya, there are three ideas. Aleph, Havaya Milashon Mahave. The word Havaya, Yudke Vavke. The root of the word is Hoive, which means existence. The word Havaya means that Hashem is Mahave. He gives existence to all of the worlds. The Pirush Zebeshem Havaya. This explanation in the name Havaya means that he's Mahave, he's giving existence to the worlds. So you're calling Hashem, the one who gives existence to the world, that's like calling the father a father, when you're calling him a father, what makes him a father? 
his son. It, in, it, so the name father is something which implies that there is a child. The name Mahave means that there is a Ishavos, there is an existence, which Hashem is giving existence to. So the name Havaya as Mahave is, so to speak, a lower level of the Eibishter, which is the level of Echad, where there is a world which exists, but the whole world exists from Hashem, and therefore there is the unity of Hashem within the world. But the unity is coming from the existence of the worlds. Then there's Beis, there's a higher level. And that's Havaya Milashin Haya Haya That's Havaya. If you take the word Havaya and you rearrange the words, the letters, you'll get Haya Haya Hashem is, was, and will be simultaneously. That means Hashem is beyond time. Beyond time means He's beyond all the dimensions that exist inside of this world, time, place, etc. That means that Hashem is higher than the world, beyond the world. So in this explanation, the Perush Zeh, B'Shem Havaya, in the name Havaya, Meirid indicates, Shahu L'mayla Me'aylamay, so Hashem is higher than the worlds. He's beyond the worlds. The worlds have a dimension of time and place. That time only exists in the now, not in the before, not in the after. And place only exists in the here, not in the there or there. <coughs> so if Hashem is He's beyond the dimensions of the world. That means He's higher than the world. That's like the level of Yachid, where only Hashem exists and the worlds don't exist. Indicates. Lesson. Hmm. Amora is the teacher, right? The Indian Hagimel and the third idea, Bishem Havaya, who? Shavaya Hushem Ha'etzim. My name is? Yaakov. Your name is? What's your name? Tell me your name, everyone, at once. One, two, three. What's your name? What's that name? Is that a description of you? <laughs> it is in some level, but not really. Really, it's a shema etzem. It's just your name. It's the name of you. It's a shema etzem. The name Havaya is Hashem shema etzem. Hashem is called Kel. What's Kel? The power of Hashem. Hashem is called Um Arachamon because of Hashem's mercy. Uh, of Harachamon, and so on and so forth. Hashem has many names which reflect different levels. There's the Chachma Bina, um, Das Chesed Gvertifaris, all the different spheres of Hashem, which are indicating ways in which Hashem interacts with the world. It's a name that's deriving from a description. But then there's Shem Ha'etzem. The essential name of Hashem. The essential name of Hashem is not a descriptive name. It's just His name. His name is Havaya. That Shema Etzem, that goes beyond the first level which we said, which is that He gives existence to the world. It goes beyond the second level which we said, which is that He's higher than the world. It's 
He just is. It's the essence of Hashem. Hainu, what does Shema Etzem mean? Shehu meira al It indicates on the essence of Hashem. Now, these next lines I'm going to read, even though for the purposes of our study of the Mimer, they're somewhat parenthetical. It brings up a discussion which exists in the Kabbalistic words with, with, works with regard to this idea that Hashem's name is Hashem HaAtzem. So let's read these words. This is the beginning of the parenthetical idea. The Hagam Shebepardes Kasav Dezeh Sheshem HaVayi Hushem HaAtzem Hurak LaAtzem HaSvirus. In the Pardis it says that Shem Havai is not the Shem Ha'etzim the way that Yaakov is my name. Rather, it's a Shem Ha'etzim to the essence of the spheres. Hainu ha- what? It's a, it's a Sefer of Kabbalah. Hainu ha'eres ha'mislab shim The lights which clothe themselves inside of the vessels. In other words, again, not the essence of Hashem. Hare Hamaskana, the Teres Achsidis, but Teres Achsidis argues with this point of the Pardes. And therefore, the Maskana, the conclusion of Chsidis, is the Peris Shema Etzem Huba Atzmos. That the explanation of Shema Etzem is in Atzmos, in the essence of Hashem Himself. End of parenthetical statement. Let's continue. Vehine Miki Von Shekol You have one name. The name is Havaya. And inside of the name Havaya, you have three things that Hashem gives existence to the worlds, that Hashem is higher than the worlds, and the essence of Hashem. Hare Muvan Shem Shayachim Zelazeh. It means that within this one name, they interact, related to each other. They're connected to each other. Within this one name, all three of these ideas interact. That means, when you have the coming together of the two levels of Havaya, what does that mean, the coming together of the two levels of Havaya? That's what we just described in the end of the last ice, where Yochid descends into Echad where the essential unity of godliness descends into his unity within the world. So that's the hisachlus of the two ideas of Havaya, that it's mishave, mehave kalailamais, and that it is Let's read inside. And the unity of these two, where does the unity come from? Like we read in the end of the last chapter, it comes from the Atmos, which brings both of them together. The essence of Hashem, which is greater than both of them and able to combine both of them. So that means... Through this and Havaya, which is higher than the worlds, in the parentheses, is drawn down into the Havaya, which is the language of Mahava that he's giving existence to the world, the Havaya, which has a relationship to the world. Even though Externally, this appears like a descent. It appears, like we said earlier, like the Echad is a lower level than the Yachid, right? That's what it looks like. But really, for the Yachid to descend into the Echad, it can't be a descent, because why would the Yachid descend? The only reason why the Yachid would descend is because something's pushing it down. That means that for the Yachid to descend into the Echad, there is 
the in, indication of something which is greater than the Yachid. So it's not a descent, it's bringing out an even higher level. Through this specifically, you are able to indicate, you're able to reveal the essential name of Hashem. So where do you connect to the essence of Hashem? You connect to the essence of Hashem through recognizing the descent of Hashem. And not just this, the revelation of this essential name of Havaya is primarily in Havaya from the language of Mahava. That means in the Havaya from the language of Mahava, that's where you're able to have the Gilei Shema Atzem. Like it explains in several places, the Masha Shem Havaya Hu Shema Atzem. This that's the Shem Havaya is the essential name of Hashem. Shemayra Al Haatzmos, which indicates on the essence of Hashem, who ki his havus yeshmi ayin, who dafka bekayecha atzmos shemitziyusem yatzmosay. It's because the existence of something from nothing is specifically only in the power of the essence of Hashem whose existence is from himself. In other words, not only does it require um, the, the essential level that we're referring to over here, does it require that level to be able to combine the two lower levels, the level of Yachid and the level of Echad, but where do you have the revelation? Not in the Yachid, where Hashem is one and one alone. Where Hashem is one and one alone. So you don't see the depth of the essence of Hashem. You don't see that true atmos, the yachid. In the yachid level, you don't see the true atmos. Where do you see the atmos? When Hashem created us. And where Hashem created us, we exist. And we feel that we exist not because Hashem is breathing existence into us. And the same is true with the entire world entire physical world the the, the concept of Seder Hishtalshlus we've discussed several times what's Seder Hishtalshlus Seder Hishtalshlus is where you have a chain reaction right so the concept of Seder Hishtalshlus means that you're able to trace each link to the link before it each domino to the domino that pushes it over correct that's the concept of Seder Shtalshos. You're able to see from here, you're able to trace all the way back to where it started. And there are many things like that. If you have orange juice in your fridge, if you have orange juice in your fridge, so obviously you know that the orange juice didn't just appear in your fridge. Someone put it there. So be respectful to the person that put it there. Don't finish it and put it back in the fridge empty, etc. Right? 
But you realize that someone put it there. So the person who put it there, he didn't make the orange juice. He went to the store to buy the orange juice. And the store didn't make the orange juice either. The store bought it from, got it from a truck that unloaded it into the store. And the truck didn't make it either. The truck put, picked it up from a factory. And the factory didn't make it either. The factory just collected oranges and squeezed them and... But the, the oranges didn't come from that factory. The oranges came from an orange grove where they were picked and collected, etc. And they didn't just appear over there in the orange grove. They grew from the ground, from the Kayachat Semech, Shabbarts, etc. So if you have a cup of orange juice, which came from a pitcher of orange juice, which was in your fridge, you can trace that cup of orange juice all the way back to the orange grove in Florida where it started. Right? That's Seder Shtauslos. That you're able to see a chain and a sequence inside of everything that exists. This physical world skips inside of that Seder Shtauslos. It's like if you have a domino train and then you have a space in between two of the dominoes that's greater than the domino itself and it stops over there. Right? It skips. Why does it skip? Because where did you come from? Are you able to see your source? To recognize your source? You can't see where you came from. You feel like you just exist. And the table just exists. Are you able to feel the koyach hamehave of havaya inside of the table? Why not? Because the appearance of the table is that mitziusai meatsmusai. It just exists on its own. Why inside of this physical world does the entire physical world skip the Seder Hishtalshus that exists inside of all of the spiritual worlds? In all of the spiritual worlds, you're able to trace step by step by step by step from the lowest level of Malchus de Asiya, or Malchus de Nefesh de Nefesh de Asiya, the lowest level of the spiritual worlds, the cup of orange juice at the very bottom, you're able to trace it all the way back to Chachma Vatzilus, the very beginning of Seder Shtalshus, right? Everything else inside of Seder Shtalshus, you're able to trace back level after level after level. Except for this physical world. Inside of this physical world, there is a skip inside of the Seder Shtalshus, and it just feels like it's here, you're not able to trace it back to anything. Why is that? So the Maim over here teaches us a deep idea that it teaches in Chassidus. The, the last words that we just read, Ki hisavus yesh me'ayin, the existence of something from nothing, the bringing into existence of something from nothing, that means the bringing into existence of our physical world. Hudavka b'kayach atzmos. It's specifically in the power of the essence of Hashem. That his existence comes from himself. 
That means, where did Hashem come from? Yes. Exactly. Mitzi me atzmusay. His existence is from himself. And since Hashem created the world, therefore the world has that feeling of that it just exists. And that's true about this physical world and not other levels inside of Seder Shtalshlos. Because other levels inside of Seder Shtalshlos are created from godliness. And this world is created from God. And that's why on other levels of Seder Shtalshlos you're able to feel more the power, the energy of Hashem's unity. And here, inside of this world, you're not able to feel that way, the power and energy of Hashem's unity. And it's because the unity of Hashem that exists inside of this world is coming from a much deeper level. So when a Yid comes down into this world and he says inside of this world, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echad, the Hashem Echad that he's connecting to is the level of Havaya that's inside of the multiplicity of the world, Mehava, <coughs> which is a reflection of the uh, the, the godliness which is singular and beyond the world, the level of but it's because inside of this world there exists the etzem, the shema etzem, the essential godliness which is higher than everything. So it's specifically... First of all, through the descent of the Yachid into the Echad, that because the Yachid is descending into the Echad, that means that there's a higher power which is pushing it down. But even more than that, it's specifically within the Echad that means the existence of the world with its multiplicity and with its feeling of selfness that you're able to see that there's the essence of Hashem which is involved because that's where our essential feeling comes from Hashem's essence. So the unity of Hashem that you're able to feel here inside of the Echad is a deeper unity than the unity that you're able to feel inside of a Yachid. <sighs> yeah. Um, the 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 uh, is that Yachid? Is that an expression of Yachid? Yeah. is an expression of higher than the world, beyond the world, which is an expression of Yachid. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Hashem's expression of beyond time is within, within, within the frameworks of time. That Shem is beyond time, and that beyond time comes down into the framework of time because there's something higher than the beyond time, which is pushing it down into the framework of time. Okay, the ideas that we discussed over here today, again, I, I, I don't know if I understood them myself well. I certainly don't know if I communicated them well. They're very deep ideas of Chassidus. 
from the cornerstones of Chassidus like we're going to learn in the next ice. Um, uh, the Rebbe is going to quote from the language of the Rambam, the Yisoyed HaYisoydis V'amud HaChachmas, it's the foundation of foundations and the pillar of all wisdom. This is the foundation of the foundations of Chassidus. Um, but even if I didn't communicate it properly, completely, I hope that I've tickled the ideas sufficiently, that there's something for you to think about, there's something for you to reflect on and something for you to recognize, um, uh, which will hopefully help you um, with contemplation and much learning um, uh, delve into this idea more and more and more. We'll stop over here for today. Tomorrow, Bezos Hashem, I hope to finish the Maimah.